Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. If you don't know, we've been in a series on stewardship, right? Uh, it's our fourth week this week. Uh, and um, we've been looking at different things over the weeks, uh, mainly focusing on our hearts and how to live a life that's completely surrendered to God, right? Um, can anyone tell me one thing that you remember that we did, that we talked about, one thing that you learned during this series, anything at all? Well, I'll put you on the spot. I'll leave you, I'll, I'll count to 10 and then it'll leave you 10 seconds to marinate over this, okay? Uh, after 10 seconds, shout something, please. One, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Guard your heart. Tithing. Anything else? Surrender your heart. Yes. Well, that's good enough, isn't it? We've learned a few things. Thank you for participating this morning. This is great. Um, now, yes, we've learned a few things in this series, and hopefully we're going to add on to that uh, this week. Now, this might seem uh, totally unrelated, uh, but if you've not noticed, it's summer now. Uh, the sun's been shining nonstop, which is uh, quite unusual, although I'm told it will happen more and more in the future, which uh, I'm all for. Um, I like the sun and the hot weather, so uh, this is great in that sense. Um, holidays are happening as well. People are coming and going. Uh, holidays are a great time to relax, recharge, enjoy, uh, have some fun as well. Uh, any favorite holiday destination? Anyone's got a favorite holiday destination? Um, Belgium. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, even I, as a Belgian, I wouldn't pick that as my favorite holiday destination. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, Peach and Beata, you guys just got back. You were in Greece, right? Uh, and, and, and I've heard that uh, it's so beautiful there and so wonderful there. Sharon and I are going to have to go. So that's definitely one. Um, I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Italy. Uh, it's not too far. Great weather, beach, great food all over. Can't complain, you know. So um, that's great. Uh, and I think it's a, Italian is not too hard to pick up either. So you can, you know, get about after a few days and mention some stuff or whatever, find your way around. So um, today we're going to talk about being builders uh, and not holiday makers. Can you see what we've talked about holiday? Um, can you guys bring a wonderful... Um, creation, whatever it is, uh, here uh, on this corner. And uh, I'm going to bring um, the thing in the other corner. Now, um, being builders means uh, we build things, right? Like this is, uh, just put it in front of the speaker or whatever. Um, like this wonderful structure. Uh, it's been built by uh, caring hands and loving hands today. Uh, and you can see it has a foundation. It has different elements that make it what it is. And on the other side, we got a staple of any good holiday, the camping chair. Look at that. Um, even has a space for your cup, your drink, and that is, you know, whether you go camping or whether you go to the sea or whether whatever you do, uh, holiday makers. So I find it be helpful to have a visual. I like visuals. You have the builders and the holiday makers. Now, you might think, well, what is this all about? And it's going to make sense, hopefully, in a second. Um, but first, I want to start us off with this verse that we've read, um, I think, last week. We've used it, or maybe the week before. I'm going to read it again. Uh, it's in Psalm 24, and it says this, verse 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, 
the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it is the Lord's as well. See, it all belongs to him, right? We belong to him. And that is the foundation upon which we are called to steward. Because if everything belongs to God, then it obviously means that it doesn't belong to us, right? Um, so if everything belongs to God, it doesn't belong to us. Yet, we don't just um, not have anything. So the logical conclusion is that we steward on God's behalf, right? Uh, everything that God extends to us, everything that he has given to us, it's to take care of it, to nurture it, to uh, uh, see it grow and flourish, right? The um, English definition for stewardship is the following, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. I love that, careful and responsible. We have a responsibility, right, to steward well, in uh, Jeremiah, we find these verses uh, in chapter 29. It's going to come up on the screen, but you can turn there as well. Um, and the, the context for that chapter uh, is simple. Um, God is speaking to the Israelites. Uh, they're in exile in Babylon. Uh, and we're going to see that the Lord has a plan for them to steward well, even in exile, even uh, in a place where, by definition, they're not going to be there forever, right? Uh, and that's important to know. It says this, Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What's the first word that he speaks to them? build, right? He calls them to build and settle down, to plant themselves in that place, even though it's not technically their place, right? They're in exile. Um, to plant themselves in that place, to increase, to prosper, to build and settle down. Now, as stewards of everything that God has given us, we are called to build. We are builders. God calls us to be builders Builders, not holiday makers. Now, this is not anything against holiday, right? Uh, don't get me wrong. It's good to have holidays, to go away, to have some time off, to recharge, all of that. This is just an illustration to put some visuals in your head and help us understand what God is saying to us today. So we are called to be builders, not holiday makers. Now, uh, let's think of a few things we do uh, when on holiday. Uh, I think first thing to notice is when you're on holiday, it's obviously temporary. You're not going to be there forever. You go on holiday maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks if you're lucky. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you, it's temporary. You go into a place and then you come back to where you belong or where you live. So holidays are temporary. Uh, maybe uh, when we're on holidays, we don't make plans, right? It might be the only time uh, in the year where you don't live by a plan, by a schedule. You just let the day happen. Whatever happens, happen. Uh, you wake up whenever you want to. If you want to go to the beach, you go to the beach. If you want to stay inside, you stay inside. If you want to eat four times ice cream in one day, you do because you're on holiday, right? At least I do that. Um, there's no rules on holiday. Thank you, Jesus. Because um, we live by plans, right? All year long. Uh, and so maybe when we relax, we be at the beach, we fancy going for a drive, whatever we do. Whatever. Now, there's a few more things that holiday makers do uh, that builders wouldn't do. And we're going to spend some time comparing some of these things today. And hopefully that will help us understand what good stewardship is. Now, 
again, this is not a message against going on holiday. Please understand that. Uh, I love holidays. But it simply compares two mindsets in a way that will help us. Um, again, visual aids. We've got the chair on one side and the structure, the building, the whatever we want to call it. I don't have the right word right now um, that is standing there. Also, apologies if I sound quite um, blocked up. It's because I am. Hay fever is not nice. Um, but I still love this weather. A builder has a long-term view of things, right? A holiday maker lives more for the moment. As I was saying, we've just mentioned it. If I'm on holiday, I live for the moment, I sit in my nice chair and I think, well, what am I going to do today? Nothing. Sounds great, right? A builder does not think like that. A builder has a more of a long-term view. He's building something. He has purpose in what he does. He's making sure the structure is sound. Can you see where I'm going with this? Um, when you're holiday, uh, it might be the only time where you don't do any of that. Um, where you just let the day take you wherever. Now, as Christians, uh, we can enjoy the moment too, right? And God calls us not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. But within that, though, as a builder, a good steward, God calls us to be established firmly, like it said in Jeremiah, right? To be setting down roots, to be building relationships, to understand what the, that the future is built by the decisions we make today, right? The habits and decisions we, we make today influence tomorrow in either a good way or a bad one. A builder is going to dig foundations, is going to take care of everything, become a part of building something greater than themselves. They have a long-term view rather than the man on holiday who lives day by day. And you here are all part of something that God is building through us as a church, right? We call to steward our lives well, right? And that looks like something tangible. Um, I remember when we finished Bible college here in England, um, we, did, we did one year of Bible college, then we did an internship. Um, but anyway, we finished Bible college here in England, uh, and we had a decision to make, right? Because uh, I told my parents when I left Belgium, I'll be back in 10 months. Uh, they're still waiting for me, which is great. Uh, well, great for me, not so great for them, but that's okay. They'll get over it. Um, but we had a decision to make, right? Whether we would stay in England or whether we would pack up and go home. And over time, we felt that God was speaking, that uh, he was speaking about staying here in England. Uh, he was speaking about all the good things England had to offer. <laughs> um, but along with that, he said, he said this, you need to live here, as in England, right? You need to live here like you're going to live here forever. And that was so key for us because up until that point, we were kind of here but not really here, if that made sense. In my mind, I had this thing that, well, I'm here because of Bible college, right? I, everything that we did here was attached to that. And so I didn't have a long-term view of our time here. We were kind of living with one foot in and one foot out. One foot in England, one foot in Belgium, right? This, this tug of war kind of thing going on, um, if that's a thing. I think you say that, right? Um, you need to live here like you're going to live here forever. And that prevents uh, a lot from happening when we live with one foot in and one foot out, right? Because you don't build relationships in the same way, for instance, because you think, well, what's the point of investing myself to that extent because I'm going to go anyway? What's the point in getting to know all those people? What's the point in starting to serve in that way? What's the point in, in really learning about the culture and all those things? Because, well, we're just really here for this period of time and then we're going to go. So if I don't stay here, what's the point? We didn't invest ourselves fully into things because we thought 
Well, anything long-term was so uncertain. So we had to make a decision to be fully present, right? To fully settle like that passage in Jeremiah speaks of. And in that settling, to start investing, to give of ourselves fully into everything that God has set before us in this land, right? And, and, and that's how we would steward our lives well in this season. Now, God added another sentence to that after. He said, Live here like you're going to live here forever, but ready to leave tomorrow. Now, that might seem like contradicting at first, a little bit, contradicting statement there. But it was so important again for us to hear that because in our hearts, we needed to know that our lives needed to still be surrendered to him. In a sense that we didn't take control and decide, well, this is our base now forever, whatever. And we needed to live like that, but hold it lightly in a way that if God would say tomorrow you move into Spain, we would be okay with that, right? Because God is still sovereign and God can do, at the end of the day, whatever he wants with my life because it belongs to him um although moving to spain sounds good doesn't it um i I do hope that if that ever happens we write by the sea and just you know house beach i love it um spain sounds good italy sounds good anywhere lord um it doesn't matter but live here like you're gonna live here forever that was so key for us to know we live in here with two feet and fully committed to whatever you have for us God. And now we fast forward. Uh, we're here seven years. Where's Sharon? I'm not good with numbers. She's not here. Uh, seven years, I think we've been here. Um, and in my head, we never leaving, right? In my head, we here. We, we have a kid here now. We have a house here now. And we're going to be here forever to the great disappointment of my mother. Um, so, but we're just following God in that. And our lives belong to God. And in each season, there's a way to steward our lives well. And for us, again, that looked like us being fully committed. Use us in whatever way, God. We're planting ourselves here. We're letting roots down. We're letting things grow. We're building something. We're starting to build something, right? It was like the first block came in place. And then the second one and the third one, we started building a foundation for our lives here as part of this body, as part of kingdom faith, as part of just investing ourselves into the kingdom, investing ourselves into everything that God had for us. We were now owning this season of our lives and this area that God had planted us in. And again, we started getting involved in a different way because of that. But it also meant looking at how we stewarded like we stewarded our time, our relationships, our plans. Again, our plans for our family, for our future. Everything was surrendered afresh to God in that moment. So now we've learned that the builder, unlike the holiday maker, has a long-term view of things. That they let roots down they plan, they root themselves, they build something, right? A, a builder is also part of the answer when a situation arises. A, a holiday maker uh, tend to just make a complaint, right? Have you ever been unhappy with something that happened on holiday? Uh, I know I have. I remember um, one time we got to this hotel and we had booked the hotel. We were very excited for a holiday. Uh, and do, do you know what? People are really good. Uh, are taking pictures these days and they take pictures in a way that makes everything look very nice very fancy very big as well and so we thought oh this room looks awesome let's book it we show up to the hotel we open the door to the room and it was this tiniest thing and I was like that's not what we booked I'm not happy with that 
One minute after I was downstairs at reception, like, hey, um, that's not my room. Can we have another room? That's not what I booked. Look at the pictures. They look so much bigger on the picture. You're like, yes, but that's the room you see on the picture. Okay, good. I never could change rooms. We stayed in that room. Um, but my first thing, my first thought was, this is not right. I'm going to complain. And when you don't own something, right, it's easy to criticize it. It's easy to stand up and complain. There wasn't even a second thought in my head about it. I was stayed straight downstairs uh, and, and talking to reception. But builders, people that invest themselves and own what they are part of, they tend to criticize it less, right? Because you don't tend to criticize what you own as much. If you're part of it, right? If you feel like it belongs to you, you're proud of it, you stand for it, you criticize it less, right? So... Um, for instance, I drive a French car. Uh, now, in this country, it seems that a lot of people have very strong opinions about French cars, um, which I shared those opinions before owning a French car, right? Now I feel the need to stand up for my French car every time someone raises a point against the reliability of French cars. Funny how that happens, isn't it? Because before I would have said, yeah, French cars, they're not reliable, they suck, but now I have one, so I need to stand for it. You stand to criticize less what you own. And that's so important to notice because builders will be part of the solution. I notice that something needs doing, that there's a need here. Let me take care of that. Let me help. Let me be part of the solution. I can see a way to solve this situation. So let me help. Let me invest. Let me be part of this process. That's good stewardship, right? That's investment of time that will bear fruit. Um, and we see this happen in the word time and time again. And a good example actually is the story of Nehemiah. Uh, and Nehemiah is this guy that has this uh, vision from the Lord about rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. It's completely destroyed. Um, nothing's really, it's all lying in ruins. And God speaks to him and he's like, we got to rebuild this wall um, uh, for the city because it's lying in ruins. And it says this, um, uh, Nehemiah chapter 3. The high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. So along the wall, there was all those gates. Everything had to be rebuilt, right? They dedicated it and set doors in its place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The man of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zechariah, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the son of Hassanah, they laid its beam and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Mesulam, son of Becaria, the son of Meshezebel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the man of Tekoa. Do you get the point of what's happening? Everyone got involved in rebuilding this wall. Now, Nehemiah was the leader. He had heard something from God, and he knew that was the right thing to do. But every family that got involved still had a choice to make. They could have stood there and be like, look at the state of this wall. Someone ought to do something about that. Uh, or they could be starting to work and be part of the solution, which is what they did. And together, everyone worked, everyone was helping, and the wall was rebuilt. Builders, good stewards, are part of the solution. They do not just spot issues and raise things up, um, but they get involved. I remember when I was a kid, sort of like early teenage years, um, my dad 
it still does, but uh, he used to run these big youth events uh, across Brussels, and uh, we'd have hundreds of teenagers, whatever, um, young adults coming to those. Uh, and it was like the highlight, it was once a month, and it was the highlight of the month for many of us. Um, and I remember him uh, saying, like, the biggest need was putting chairs out, right? Like, because there was all those kids coming, all those things happening, but the biggest need was in the smallest of things, if that makes sense. Like, it's not a really glorious job to put chairs out, yet I lost count and it's normal, but I've put out so many chairs over the years. But whenever someone would come and ask to help, my dad would be like, start by putting some chairs out. Like that's one way to get involved. And from there, they would get involved in other stuff. But it was a way, and I, and I, and I took that, it was a way to become part of something, become part of making a difference. Also check our hearts a little bit. And well, is this above me? Like the people in Nehemiah could have been like, well, building a wall, really, I'm better than that. But you know, we check our hearts, we steward well, and if we believe that God is asking us to be part of something, we see the need. If that's the biggest need, we get involved, right? If they had all said, this is above me, Nehemiah wouldn't have gotten really far, would it? As good stewards of our life, we get involved and we play a part. Um, and that's not because we can gain something out of it. That's simply because that's the right thing to do. And that looks like getting involved in the body, for sure, but that looks like also, in our personal lives, stewarding things right, our time, our relationships, uh, uh, prioritizing the right things. We talked about that in Church in a Home last week. Um, it's about putting God first and our time with God and those things of like, I'm building something here. And, and it's, it's seeing the bigger picture in those moments where we worship, in those moments where we meet up with one another and build relationship. It's not just this isolated thing that's happening and then we can forget about it. We build building something and it's so important that you can take a step back and see that happening in your mind every time is like another layer is being added another block onto that we building something together uh, and, and something that will that will last something that is good something that is strong something that will hopefully outlast all of us a builder leaves a legacy right uh, uh, the holiday maker has as best uh, memories or uh, maybe something they brought back from the trip or some pictures to show for it. But builders leave a legacy, building something that will last, that will hopefully outlast all of us, something that has a tangible impact on people's lives, right? I, I, I do hope and believe that people's lives will be changed and transformed around this area because of what we are doing here together. Right, that what we are doing will leave a considerable impact in this place. A holiday maker thinks of having a great time but doesn't have much to show for it. But we will have something to show for it, right? Every time we show up, every time we get involved, every time we participate in a prayer meeting, we put chairs out, we, we spend our time with God, we put Him above everything else, we spend our time with people, building those relationships. Every time it's adding a little something. He is the living water. He's enabling us, sorry, to steward our lives well. What we prioritize, what we focus on, all these things matter because we're building something. Now, it might not be a physical wall, right? Like Nehemiah did. We, we're not building a physical wall, but we are building something that is so important, something solid that will sustain storms and many things. 
We're building something together. And it is all pleasing to God. Thank you, Jesus. We're building a stronghold here, a stronghold of truth, a stronghold of faith, a stronghold that has God's value and God as a priority. We're building all of that together. And, and again, I think it's so valuable to do that little exercise. When you, when you come here on a Sunday, don't see it as just another service. See it as, hey, with the body, we're coming together right now and we are adding to those blocks. We are building a stronghold in Burgess Hill. We are building something that will last. We are adding in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual atmosphere to what God is doing, right? It's, it just helps seeing, oh God, I'm part of something bigger here. This has a purpose. This isn't just random. This isn't just religion. This is, this is bigger picture here and we're moving forward. Right? Every Sunday, we're moving forward. Every prayer meeting, we're moving forward. Every time we gather and worship, we're moving forward. Every time you gather with one another, build relationship with one another, unity comes. Where unity is, God commands the blessing. Right? We know that in Acts, they were of one heart and one mind. How did they get to that point? How did they get to that place of unity? By spending time with one another. Right? So how we steward our lives, our time, what we do, how we meet with one another, all of that plays a part in building this rather than chilling out by the beach although we love that the parable of the talents that will lead us to our last point something that we um a legacy something that we leave behind the parable of the talents it says this it's found in matthew 25 we'll start at verse 14 for it will be like a man going on a journey who called so is jesus speaking uh jesus is about to leave uh, and he's Matthew 24 and 25. It's him leaving instructions and um, parable after parable to help the disciples understand what they need to do going forward, right? So he, as part of that, shares this parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another, two, and to another one, one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug it into the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you, you entrusted me, you delivered to me, sorry, five talents. Here I made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now that sounds good. And he also, who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent into the ground. Here 
Have what is yours. But his master answered, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap when I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was mine and with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten talents. Now the context of this story again is that Jesus leaving, he's about to leave and he's, speaking to his disciples, um, essentially delegating to them the responsibility as stewards to take care of his kingdom, right? And, and again, this story highlights how serious of a responsibility that is uh, and the consequences that follow if not followed properly. So we can see the three servants, they're all entrusted with talent, um, with money, essentially, in this story. Although this story isn't about money as such, well, it can be interpreted that way, but it's about so much more than that. Um, it's about every area of our lives, really, and how we steward that. And the moment they received those talents, right, they all became stewards of them. Now, two did well. They multiplied what was given to them. They looked after, they nurtured it, and the master was well pleased. One, he hid it, went away to live his life without giving it another thought because he thought, well, I'll just give it back to the master whenever he comes back. And then obviously the master was not happy. But let's notice one thing here. They were all servants of the master, right? Uh, if the master is God, the question then isn't... Um, are they, God, are they followers of God? Are they not? They're all Christians in that sense, if we can put that term on it. The question really is, how are they living their lives? The question, the, 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 the heart, the nugget of gold of this parable is, how are they stewarding their lives? What are they prioritizing? How are they stewarding everything that God has entrusted them with? Someone put it like this when commenting on the parable. They said, the fact the master owns the money he gave the servant and he gets the result of their investments highlight who is in control. We naturally want to believe that we can use our gifts as we please. If we grew up in cultures where individuals are, um, sorry, where the individual is primary, we also tend to think that we can live as we please. However, since we all want to be little gods of our own lives, serving ourselves misses our true place in life. We find our true joy and place in life when we serve God with our gifts. The parable of the talents should encourage us and challenge us to take what God has given us and invest in the kingdom of God. There is a great reward waiting for those who steward well with what the Lord has given them. We want to be people that steward well. We want to honor God in the way we live. We want to be builders, not holiday makers. We want to have a long-term view of our lives, if that makes sense, rooting ourselves, investing ourselves into things. We want to be part of the solution, as we said, and we want to build something that outlasts us, that leaves a legacy, that bears fruit and multiply. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. That's how we can steward our lives well. We're going to pray in just a minute. But you also notice we'll have, we have communion stations left and right over there. Um, we just felt it was right to take communion together today. Um, simply because there is such power in this meal. It's such an active thing. But it's also, right, Jesus calls us to remember what he has done. And it's so good to remember what he has done because it puts everything in perspective. Right? Jesus has done such a great thing for us. 
And so how we steward our lives, how we behave, what we do with our time, all of that is then a reflection of us honoring what Jesus has done for us in the first place, right? And so as you take communion this morning, you'll just do it by yourself. Um, Spend time with Jesus. Spend time praying. Spend time maybe just thinking over that. God, how am I stewarding my life, my time? How am I prioritizing things? Am I really building something here? And how can I maybe add the next block to that? What does that look like? God, I want to honor you in my life. I want to remember what you have done and put things in the right perspective and order as a result. Is that okay? So we're going to play some worship in the background and um, I can show you what we're going to play, Trev, because I haven't shown you yet. And feel free to, um, whenever you feel like it in the next few minutes, stand up, take a piece of bread, take a bit of the cup um, and spend a bit of time with God just in prayer um, by yourself Uh, because again this is a matter of the heart Um, and so we want to just help you encounter and just help you just learn to engage with God out of yourself and respond to God out of yourself and cultivate that right so let me pray and then we'll do that father we want to thank you for what you are doing in us today for what you are saying to us Lord I just pray that in this moment you would speak you would speak clearly I thank you, Lord, that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, that we get to be part of this, Father, that we are builders, that we are all part of building something. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, for what you are saying. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak in this moment as people take communion, as they are seeking to honor you with their lives. And Lord, we praise you, we exalt you. We thank you that on the night you were betrayed, Jesus, you took the bread and you took the cup. You said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. For every time you do it, you proclaim my death until I return. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us at the moment. We praise you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.